Welcome to the Forest Analytics Landing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Russell. In this podcast, we'll talk about how data and analytics are transforming the forest products industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about a tool that maybe you've heard of in the news recently called ChatGPT. Now, I like to think that I tried to be an early adopter of new technologies. Um, I tried to get a sense of what's out there. Something's out there that's new that I see could be of value to me in my personal life, in my professional life. I like to try it. Um, and so that's certainly what I've come to when it comes to ChatGPT. Um, really interested in trying it out to see how it does for some of the things that I work on on a daily basis. So this podcast will kind of talk about um, really an experiment that I tried with ChatGPT. I was really interested in seeing how well it did to answer some questions that I have in my statistics textbook. And so really interested, as I've heard about, um, particularly from the educational community, about teachers worried that students are going to be using ChatGPT to cheat on the exam, to write essays, to do their homework. Um, I was really curious, well, is it possible? Like, how well does it do that? Um, And so for me, uh, as an educator, former educator, uh, I have uh, this textbook called Statistics and Natural Resources, Applications with R, where it's a very applied statistics textbook. And many of the exercises contained in it actually ask the learner to go to R to write some code to produce some results and to run some statistical tests. And so I was really curious how ChatGPT could do that. And so I'll kind of describe and explain what I found through this podcast. To start, uh, if you haven't heard, ChatGPT is really a chatbot, and so it uses written text. You provide it text, it provides you text back um, on really anything that can be found and scraped on the internet. Um, And so last year, uh, it was really released to the public by a company called OpenAI, um, and it recently passed 100 million active users. And so just an incredible amount of people interested in this tool in what it can do. And so the reaction to it has really been mixed. Like I said, a lot of educators are really concerned about how it's they're going to have to adapt their teaching to maybe include ChatGPT like within their classroom or forbid it in some cases. Um, but other people really value it. It can quickly find information on the internet. It can provide written responses with a lot of detail. Uh, depending on your interest, you know, a tool like ChatGPT could help you in your work and in your personal life. And so as I mentioned, um, I was really interested to see how the tool would do with some of my exercises from my stats book. Uh, And so I really find that, uh, and one of the reasons that I really wanted to write the book in the first place was that there weren't great examples of doing statistics in the R programming language within the natural resources discipline, whether that be forestry, wildlife, and the environmental sciences. And so one of the things that I really valued was the, in some of the books that I really got a lot out of when I was learning statistics and data science were just the examples that they used. And so along with those examples are the exercises that that book uh, does. And so as an author and as an educator, it's really the exercises that, I know for me, I spent a lot of time thinking about what those exercises should be. You need to have good ones, you need to have great data sets that show unique properties about whatever it is 
in the topic that you're conveying. And you need to kind of order them in a way so that the learner um, kind of understands why they're ordered that way. So like in my case, you know, if you're doing hypothesis testing and you're doing that in a statistics book, you don't want to have every answer to every exercise be accept the null hypothesis. You want to have it mixed up. And so you want to have some where the null hypothesis is rejected. That way the learner can understand, okay, here's what it looks like when the null hypothesis is rejected versus when it's accepted. And so there's a lot of thought that goes into these exercises. Uh, and so part of me is a little bit chagrined that a tool like ChatGPT can actually do a pretty darn good job of answering some of those exercises. So that's what I did. So I'll talk through three examples that I gave to ChatGPT and I'll kind of describe the responses. The first one was a pretty basic um, task that you might do if you're uh, analyzing a data set in the R programming language. And so that's one of the big things about ChatGPT is that not only can it provide written text, you know, write me a paragraph about the first president of the United States and where he grew up as a child, something like that. But you can also write code with uh, ChatGPT. And so that was really the first question was basically a, a question that uses a data set in R, uh, looking at the carbon dioxide uptake in plants. And what they have to do, the learner has to do is they have to filter the data. So there's two different locations where the data are collected. And then they have to make a graph of it uh, in R, this is in ggplot, uh, a function that's really popular for data visualization in R. And so what they do is that they, uh, they ChatGPT provides a really great response to the code, and it provides certainly the executable code that you could then copy and paste into your R session, but it also provides comments through the written code, which I know I'm guilty of not providing enough comments to remind myself and others what I'm actually working on when I'm writing code, but it does that really well. Um, and it just provides a clean set of code and it really provides a, a great response to writing the code that produces, in this case, these were box plots of the data. That was the exercise. Um, and so really, really interesting there. The one odd thing, kind of a weird thing, was that it actually labeled the units for carbon uptake differently than how it's stored in the data. And I'm not quite sure why that is, but like if I was an educator, if I was gonna grade this assignment, that would be a bit of a red flag for me because uh, the units are slightly similar, but they're different enough that it would make you think, why the, why the heck did the student think that when they put in that response? Um, and so that was one odd thing that I thought was provided in the chat GPT output. For the second uh, question that I asked ChatGTP, um, it was a little bit more complex in that it used a data set that was not actually built into R, but it was one that I have in an R package that accompanies the book. Uh, and so it had to kind of load that data, and then it had to run a simple linear regression on uh, two variables in this data set. Um, and so, uh, this data set was looking at coarse woody debris abundance um, in a, a bunch of different lakes, or the coarse woody debris in forests around lakes in Wisconsin. And it did a great job of producing the code. You know, it's a pretty elementary code. Like, if you're learning R in an introductory class, you know, at the collegiate level, 
You're probably going to be able to write this code by the end of a first semester in statistics. Um, and it does it pretty well. I mean, it really produces the exact same code that, you know, a student would get, and they would get 100% on that one. What I did find is that it's harder to um, ask for specific things about the code that it produces. And so ChatGPT, it won't necessarily execute the code that it writes. It just writes the code. And so it can't really answer things like, how do the values compare from what you found in the output of the code to what, you know, some other values? Because it's not actually running the code. But although it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if there would be tools developed in the near future that would be able to do that, that is, write the code in a tool like ChatGPT and then send that into R. There probably are ways to do that now, but that's a logical next step for um, those of us looking at using ChatGPT as a programming tool uh, to help us in our work. And so again, that second example was really a great way that our, um, our code was produced from ChatGPT. The last example wasn't actually our code at all, but it was just to um, kind of look across the internet. The description of the exercise was basically for a student to find a study in, the, in a natural resources discipline that uses analysis of variance, and then to describe that study, describe what the treatments were, and then also to describe what was significant and what was the implications of the study. Um, and so kind of a traditional, okay, we're going to learn about, in this case, ANOVA in the chapter. Go find an example of this in your own work. Um, and so this is really right up ChatGPT's wheelhouse. Um, and so it provided a, it went out on the web and it found a study um, that was published in Forest Ecology and Management in 2003. And then it basically provided a two-paragraph summary of, you know, what happened there, what were the treatments, what were the implications, what were the significant, not significant results. And so it was really a, a perfect answer to that question um, there with, with that one. And so it's really just interesting to see how ChatGPT could solve, you know, these exercises. I don't know, there's, there are some other more complex exercises in the book. I think I estimated that it could probably solve about 75% of them uh, in the entire textbook with a passing response or a satisfactory response. Um, and I think that's very interesting because as I'm hearing about particularly the teachers and the educators concerned about or uncertain about how to incorporate it into their classroom, a tool like ChatGPT, I think it's really interesting to, to think that, yeah, it can actually solve uh, questions, you know, in our discipline in natural resources pretty effectively and pretty efficiently. Um, and so I should note that this, the questions in this book are pretty introductory and pretty elementary. I mean, I think as you got into more advanced statistical topics and even in newer methods where there's just not as much information on the internet about them, I think you can have vastly different uh, results and, and perhaps not as, uh, not as detailed responses based on just the lack of information on some newer topics. It is interesting too, and I've, I've seen some people post about this, just about how you can't necessarily like if an eighth grader wants to cheat on their homework, they can't necessarily type in what the teacher is putting down as the prompt into a tool like ChatGPT. It takes some finessing and it takes some rewording and some massaging of 
what to feed or what to input ChatGPT to get a good response. And so I think that's a good way too to be structuring things in a way that can actually you where you can actually use a tool like ChatGPT to learn. And I think this is really good for you know people that already know something about a topic because thinking about what the appropriate question should be often is a big mental exercise. And so you could use a tool like ChatGPT uh, to say, well, we know the answer isn't quite what, the answer that ChatGPT provides isn't quite right, but how can we restructure the question to get the appropriate response that we want? I think there's a lot of critical thinking that's behind that, and a tool like ChatGPT could be used for that very thing. On the other hand, you know, I know for a lot of people just learning something, uh, particularly for code, yeah, it's nice to ask what code to write and then for a tool like ChatGPT to provide it back to you. But there's also, you know, you may not learn, you know, why is it that the parentheses go here and not here? Why is there just one equal sign and not two equal signs in this statement? There are a lot of nuances that um, for novice learners, you know, ChatGPT, I really struggle kind of thinking about how it can be used effectively to learn something like a programming language like R. Um, and so no doubt um, there could be some, but it's harder for me to see for the really new learners for a programming language compared to those more, more advanced learners. And so in short, um, those are kind of my experiences, just uh, giving ChatGPT a test run. I'd be curious to hear if you've used it. I'm really interested to hear your responses to that. I know it's certainly been in the news a lot, a lot of people seeing, you know, their kids using it, grandkids using it, uh, just because it's so widely available now. Let me know uh, if you're using it. I'd love to know more. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Forest Analytics Landing Podcast. For more information on how data and analytics can empower your organization, visit arbor-analytics.com.